Good to see all of you. It's amazing. Each time we do the fellowship time, there's no time limit. There's no time limit at all, but then it just gets quiet and everybody stares. Um, Always fun. Always fun to listen to the chatter and see smiling faces and the laughs and hugs. Obviously, it's Christmas season. And this week's been a busy week. Next week or this coming week's going to be even busier uh, for the life of our church. And, and real quick, uh, go ahead and get one announcement out of the way because I will forget, I promise. But Miss Kay came up to me just a few minutes ago. Dot's Kitchen, those of you that help with Dot's Kitchen, tomorrow you're going to be preparing food at 2 o'clock uh, tomorrow. So if you have any questions, uh, just see Miss Kay for that. wanted to get that out of the way before I forget. I didn't have a pen to write it down, but... Uh, so we, we have that going on. Obviously, Kenny and Lynn are coming home uh, on Tuesday. Uh, we hope they'll be here on Wednesday. Uh, we don't know, just depending on, I can tell you this, physically, mentally, emotionally, they're going to be exhausted. Uh, so um, I have no idea what to expect. I, I imagine we'll line the, the driveway up or, or something uh, and, and surprise them when they, you know, and cheer and jump. Sandra asked me what I was going to do with my last Sunday, and I've had several ask, and I said, well, I might just run the aisles. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I might just turn Pentecost. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. That's not my personality. That's not who I am. Y'all know I'm very calm and cool and collective, and that's just, you know, that's just who I am. Uh, but I am excited. I'm telling you, I, I'm extremely excited to, to have them home, and I know you are, uh, to, to have them home. So let's just continue to remember them. Uh, tonight, uh, Mark's going to be uh, doing a concert, and I'm, I'm excited about that. Listen, he gets, he gets overly stressed, way more stressed than I do. I mean, I just, I, I don't. Do I? I, I, I just... I don't get stressed, and well, I guess if I were singing, I would. Uh, a concert, I would get stressed, but I'm not, and so uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you guys to hear Mark, and our youth, we're, we're hosting a party tonight back in the youth room, and I've challenged them all to bring an ugly Christmas sweater, and some of them said, well, I'll just go to my mom's closet. I'm not going to tell you who said that, but some of them did say they were going to go to their mom's closet. And Sandra told me, because I, I struggled to find one. I mean, I just don't own an ugly Christmas sweater. And she actually said, well, I'll just call my mom and see what she has. <laughs> and so she did. She called her and asked her if she had one, and she didn't. So anyway, I was out and about yesterday, me and Graham and Sandra called, and she said, Mac, I found one. I'm going to send you a text. You tell me what you think. And so... I wore it into the youth room this morning, and I told him, I said, I can't wear it out here today because y'all won't take me serious if I wear this, right? But this is my ugly Christmas sweater, and I'm probably going to get the cord for the mic all mangled up in this thing, but this is... Oh, the ladies like it. Men. Now, listen... The, the, there's two things that I need, and there might be somebody that has one of these, and I'm not poking fun. I think it's hilarious. Christmas vacation. Cousin Eddie, I need a dickie. All right, the turtleneck and the white t-shirt. 
All right? That's what will set this thing apart. I'll win the contest hands down if I have the dicky and a white T-shirt. Now, I got the white T-shirt. I just don't have the dicky. So if y'all have one, I could use it. I'm not going to wear this because you wouldn't take me serious. Y'all would all laugh at me the whole time, and I'd get some weird looks. And Anyway, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, listen, we had some men this week work extremely hard uh, on our children's ministry area. We had some men... Uh, hang up some uh, some paneling or some wainscoting. Uh, they they did an incredible job with that. I know Matt Lowe did some painting. Y'all need to go over and look at it and and did an incredible job. So I just want to say from right here, thank you, men uh, and ladies that worked hard to do that. All right. <clears throat> There's a reason why I share that. We watched the video and. I love Lottie Moon's kind of emphasis is finding your place in God's story. Listen, your place in God's story isn't just in that seat. All right? That's not, that's, that's not it. There's more to the story than you just sitting in a seat. All right? The reason why you give is for the expansion of the kingdom. Now, physically, we're looking to expand. Hopefully in a couple of months, we're looking to expand. Why do you give? So that we can do that. Why do you give? So that we can impact not just young couples, but families to our children's ministry area. And you know what? It's amazing what a fresh coat of paint and a little bit of elbow work and elbow grease will do. That goes a long way. That goes an extremely, extremely long way. Why do you give? You give so guys like in the video can go to the Dominican and to Haiti and to Tanzania and to China and to Asia and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why you give. And you know what? The opportunities are already there. They're already there. It's just simply up to us to figure out where we fit in to God's story. It's incredible when you think about it that way. Because God's work's happening. God's ministry's taking place all over the place. And it's simply up to us to figure out where we fit in that picture. Because He's writing the story already. And I'm just excited to be a part of that story. Whether it's here locally, whether it's here nationally or internationally. I'm honored just to be able to say that I have a small part in that. That's why we give. So that we can impact not just young lives, but lives all over the world. I was thinking uh, this, this past week, some of the guys working in the nursery, and I came over on Thursday and worked a little bit by myself. And Sandra asked me this morning, she said, is that therapeutic for you? And I said, yeah, it actually is. I mean, I can just get by myself put my phone away and just get, you know, just work and, and just spend time with God. I mean, I, if you would have walked in, I was talking to God while working in the nursery, like out loud, just talking, you know, and, and that, that's, that was good for me to do that. But I'm sitting there going, how ironic is it that I'm in here working in a nursery or on a nursery? Christmas is coming up and we're talking about the birth of Christ this morning. And the fact that everything that I'm doing 
Man, that, that's, that's the Taj Mahal compared to what Christ had. When you think about it. How ironic is that? Friday night, we had our, our Sunday school class over at our house. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, if you're doing board games, Randy Thrift <laughs> needs to be on your team. All right? The cat knows everything. Some things a little weird, but he knew them. Like random stuff. Random stuff he got. The first three questions, he got two and I got one. And the other guys are looking at us like, mm, what about this? Right? Had an incredible time. They got to talking about uh, babies and childbirth and all this stuff. And I'm going, man, how is all this? I'm not having any more babies, by the way. All right? She's already made note of that. I'm not. I hope. I'm not. I didn't work on that nursery so that my kids could enjoy it. My kids are beyond the nursery. I hope. But I just thought, man, how, how ironic is all of this? That, that we're doing this work and, and we're going to be celebrating the, the birth of Christ. And Wednesday night I had the opportunity to walk through some of this, this text with the youth and just helping them to remember uh, to not forget the birth of Christ. You know, so often just in life in general, especially this time of the year, we take so much for granted. So much so that we forget what's really important. We forget what matters most in life. I, I, I want to focus on, on this idea this morning of not, not necessarily perfection, but, but the, the term, it's perfect. It's perfect. And, and keeping with the, the childbirth or... Uh, having children theme. Uh, people walk in after you've had a child and, and they look at the baby and they go, oh, he's perfect or she's perfect, right? I remember when both of our boys were born and, and Graham obviously coming first. And man, I'm a planner. And so when the doctor, when he came in a couple of weeks before that and said, hey, do you guys want to schedule a time to come in or you just want to kind of play it by ear? And I said, no. We're scheduling. I'm, I'm a scheduler. And so we scheduled it, went in, and I was just, I mean, I, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. I was scared out of my mind. I didn't know what he was going to look like. I didn't know how he was going to act. I mean, I was just scared out of my mind. And he comes out, and you, you hold him for the first time, and you go, he's perfect. He's perfect. And you'd think it'd get easier after the first time, but then the second time rolls around and, and Grady's born, and we scheduled that one too, by the way. And he comes out and you go, he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. I want us to, to take a second to remember that when God moves... God moves sometimes in unexpected ways to do unexpected things in our lives. And I want us to remember that this morning as we kind of walk through Luke chapter 2, just the first couple of verses there, as we look at the birth of Christ. I've got three things that I want to point out. There's several scripture references that I'm going to point you to. 
But I want you to remember this morning that God's blessings come to us at unexpected times in unexpected ways. Here's one of those in Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Verse 4, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, he betrothed his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to read your word, to study your word, to know more about you, your purpose, your call, your plan for our individual lives. God, we're grateful for it. We're humbled by the fact that you love us enough that you sent your only son, Jesus, to pay the penalty, to pay the price for our sins. So God, as we look at his birth this morning, Father, whether it's shining a new light or simply just helping us to remember or be reminded of how special his birth truly is, whatever it may be, God, whatever the case, would you have your way? Would your will be done? We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This whole account, certainly I don't think anybody would debate, was absolutely perfect. I spent a lot of time wrestling with just the fact that the creator of the universe, God himself, would send his son, Jesus, to be born in a stable and be laid in a trough on a cold winter's night. Live 33 years and give his own life for mine. Some people spend their entire lives wrestling with that. How can it be? Why? I don't know that I have the perfect answer, but simply this. That's God's love for us. That's God's incredibly big, unchanging love for us and it was perfect in his eyes in his time it was perfect and is perfect 
And so instead of wrestling with it, struggling with it, our entire lives, we simply just need to come to a place in our lives where we say, you know what? Because God did it, it's perfect. It's perfect. No sense in dissecting it and trying to figure it all out because you can't. But just simply come to a place where you go, you know what? It's perfect. Because God did it. It was the perfect gift, and and I want to walk through the birth, the place, and the time. And talk about how every single one of those occurrences in this story was absolutely perfect. It was perfect because God decided to give us the gift of eternal life. It wasn't something that he just thought about on the fly. It wasn't something that he just thought one day, hey, you know what, I need to do this. No. Before Bethlehem, before the Garden of Eden, before earth even formed, God had this plan. He had already made this decision that he would send his son to be born of a virgin, give his life on the cross, to redeem us, to save us from our sins. Isaiah seven fourteen says this, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall call Him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on His shoulders... And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, it was prophesied in the Old Testament. And we're seeing that come to be in Luke chapter 2. In Jeremiah 23, 5, it says, The days are coming. This day that Luke chapter 2 is talking about in Jeremiah, he says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will rise up for David a righteous branch. A king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. And so as we spend time wrestling with, God, why? Why troth? Why barn? Why stable? Why cold night? Why Joseph? Why Mary? Why Bethlehem? We simply just have to come to a place we realize this was all a part of God's plan. This birth was all a part of God's plan, carefully thought out for one reason, for one purpose, and that was to give us life. To give us life everlasting. As I said earlier, as both of our boys were born, being scared out of my mind, not knowing what to expect, simply praying they would be healthy. I asked the other night, the youth, I said, if you could choose where you were born, hopefully we all know where we were born, but if you could choose where to be born, where would you be born? And they said all kinds of different things, mainly different states. But none of them said a stable. None of them said a barn. We simply have to remember that God's blessings 
come to us in unexpected times, in unexpected ways. You see, everybody assumed that when the Savior was coming, when Christ was coming, He would be born into royalty. But He wasn't. He wasn't at all. In fact, when you look at the place, you look at Bethlehem and you go, Bethlehem, why Bethlehem? Bethlehem wasn't a prominent, I mean, it wasn't that, that place where, man, you look and you go, that's where I want my baby born. It wasn't Bethlehem. You know, you, you talk to women today and, and they all have their own opinions of where they want their children born, but there's a reason why they want their children born at these places because they believe they have the best. They have the best staff, best facilities, whatever it may be. Bethlehem wasn't that. But yet that's where our Savior was born. What would you think... You saw a gift under your Christmas tree and it was wrapped in newspaper and tied up with string. It's a little better than my dad would do. My dad always gave it to us in a plastic bag. You'd probably assume though if it's wrapped in newspaper and tied with string, it's wrapped by a guy, right? You know, when you think about God's gift to us, Jesus Christ, you would think... It'd be, he would have been born in a palace of gold, right? Or royalty, but that wasn't the case at all. He was born in a stable, wrapped in rags, and laid in a feeding trough. Yet, it doesn't diminish the story of Christ's birth. It simply furthers it, if anything... Because it helps us to realize God's incredible sacrifice for us in sending His Son. That's His gift to you and I. The gift of eternal life through His Son, Jesus. In the simplest, most humble form. In a stable laid in a trough. I know if I had to say I would like to be born here or there, it would not be a stable on a cold winter night. But in Micah 5, 2, it tells us where Jesus is going to be born. It says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. See, it's even told in Micah where Jesus is going to be born. For God, Bethlehem, the stable, the trough, that was perfect. It was the perfect birth in the perfect place. I shared a story with the students the other night that I found online of a guy named Josh Bell. Josh Bell uh, is an incredible violinist. Back in 2012, a newspaper in, in D.C. wanted to do a story on him. And so they, they, they invited him in and they took him to Grand Central Station. They, they put him up against the wall. 
He took his violin out of his case. He laid his case down. He was just in jeans, a t-shirt, and a cap. And he, he leaned up against the wall. He threw some seed money into his violin case, and he began to play his violin. As a thousand plus people walked by, one guy, as he was walking, stopped for a second, turned back and looked, and kept going. I think if I read it right, seven to nine people actually stopped and listened to him. And at the end of the day, he had $32 and some change in his violin case. What they didn't know, that Josh Bell is a world-renowned violinist. The violin that he was playing was made by a man in the early 1700s, and they're said that, that this man's violins produced the, the, the most magical sound that you've ever heard from an instrument. Worth $3.5 million. Just a week before this deal at Grand Central Station, he played in Boston, $1,000 a seat. A thousand plus people walked by and never stopped. They never stopped. Never knew. And I asked the question to our youth, why? You know what was said? It was the place. It was the place. The people there were not expecting someone like that to be there. You know, we look at Bethlehem and we go, why there? Because for God, that was the perfect place. Let's be reminded today that God's blessings come in unexpected times, in unexpected ways. So you look at the time in Luke chapter 2, and you see that there was the decree that went out from Caesar Augustus that everyone was to be registered. And so Joseph and Mary take off to Bethlehem to be registered according to the decree. And it even says that the time came while they were there in verse 6 that her days were completed for her to be delivered. It was time. You see, God had orchestrated, had planned every bit of this. He set the decree. He set the place. He set the time. It was all part of God's incredible plan. And it couldn't have come at a better time for the gospel to be introduced to a lost and dying world. Listen to what I found. It says, The princes and priests of the non-Jewish world had been weighed in the balances and found lacking. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome had all successively proven that the world, through its wisdom, did not know God. Where did I get that from? 1 Corinthians one twenty one says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not know Him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. God's timing 
was perfect. Even with all their mighty conquerors, poets, historians, architects, philosophers, the world was full of idolatry. And so the perfectly planned out birth of Christ we see happen in Luke chapter 2. Long before Bethlehem, long before the Garden of Eden, long before planet Earth, God made a decision that would send His Son Jesus to be born of a virgin in a place called Bethlehem in a lowly stable to be placed in a trough so you and I could experience the greatest gift ever known to man and be redeemed for our sins. That's Jesus. So this Christmas, as we spend time with family, as we spend time with friends, as we go down the steps or down the hall on Christmas morning, may we stop and remember that God's blessings come at unexpected times in unexpected ways. Let me challenge you this week and next week and the next week and the next week. Look for God's blessings because they'll come to you in unexpected ways. God's work is going to continue. Always has, always will, and it's up to you and I to find our place in His story. He's provided you with the perfect gift this Christmas. The perfect gift, and that gift is His Son, Jesus. There's no greater gift that you and I could ever receive or give than the gift of Jesus. That's my prayer for you this morning. Wherever you're at in your life, whatever you've experienced, whatever you're going to experience, know this, God's made a way. And God's way is perfect. And that way is through His Son. Wherever you're at in your life, whatever you've experienced, whatever you're going to experience, know that His gift is perfect. And there's no greater gift in this world than that of Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for this day. Father, would you, in ways that only you can, in ways that only you can explain and describe, move this morning. Father, may we humble ourselves before you. And God, I just simply ask with one word, help us remember. Father, help us to remember where we've been. God, where you've brought us from. Help us to see and remember where we're at. God, help us to see and remember where you're going to take us. Father, both individually and collectively, help us simply remember.
that God, your gift to us is a gift of perfection in the form of your son, Jesus, who you sent to this earth to be born of a virgin, laid in a stable, raised a carpenter's son to give his life 33 years later for our sins so that we could know and experience what eternal life truly is. God, have your way. Speak to our hearts. Move in our hearts, God. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.